0: day and night must for a living. Feed Hello, a and everyone, and welcome daily, daily, to Let's Talk
1: Torah. I am Rabbi Sweet Jacobson with the Radio Media, and we'll spend the next hour talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. If you'd like to get through to the show today, you can call us at 844-999-9249. That's 844-999-9249. Or you can always email us at letstalktorah at gmail.com. Lots of things to talk about this week. we got to prepare for the upcoming holiday called Shavuot, Shavuot, Tabernacle, lots of different names. I think it's Tabernacle. No. Eh, Shavuos, doesn't matter.
2: Yeah, sounds good.
1: All kinds of important stuff like the food we eat, like cheesecake, what happened, why we celebrate, how we celebrate. But first things first, I have a special guest back for the second time. I must not bite in a previous life, an Israeli tank driver.
2: Noah, how are you today? I'm doing great, Rabbi. Thank you so much for inviting me back on the show. I really, really appreciate it. This oh, is a, always we love a good it. time to get together. It's always talk.
1: good before the holidays. You're so busy, you hardly can answer your emails, but it's always <laughs> good to figure out how to say hello. Yeah, we, yeah. we got to talk about the Torah portion this week, a very interesting one with numbers. Maybe it's a boring one. It's hard to know, quite long. it's interesting. You yeah. think it's interesting? Yeah. Good, then that's where we're going to start right away. So this week's Torah portion, is uh, the first Torah portion of the Book of Numbers. Right. The name is Bamidbar, which means desert, and we do a lot of counting. We're gonna count the Jewish people numerous times in this Torah portion, upcoming Torah portions. We keep counting them. Yeah. So um, we talked about it a little bit before, we touched on it. Uh, one of the boys in my class, which I guess you could've asked this when you were in third grade, <laughs> Um, He wanted to know, like, God knows the number of how many Jews there are. There was a whole process. It was like a real census over here. You had Moses, and you had Aaron, and you had a leader of each tribe, and you had to come in with documentation to prove what tribe you were from. Like, if God wants to know the number, no problem. Just tell Moses, this tribe's got 42,600, and this tribe's got 35,800. Like... What's the, the big, big deal stones. about counting? You ever yeah. think about
2: this? Um, so I have thought about it a little bit, especially after you asked the question. And um, it's funny. In my mind, I got a little bit of a, an answer, if you will. But it's cool. an answer to a different question that has to do with why God repeatedly counts. Okay. So let's I go think, for it. I think goes over to both, which is when you have something that's valuable, you count it. Not only do you count it, you document it. And then you do it repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly. Um, so I think that's that's what he was doing because, you know, we're important to God. God's important to us, and God loves us, so He wants to count us one by one by one, repeatedly. Where are you from? You know, genuine caring, if whatever that means from right, God so let's, to us. let's but, <laughs> let's take
1: it apart. No, let's think about it. So it, it is brought down. It does say one of the okay. a- ideas behind the counting is things you count like money. Right. Right. It's the first example that everybody knows. You wake up in the morning, you open your bank account, right. You, right. how much money is in there? You want to check your uh, your stocks. Everybody checks the, the, how their stocks are doing. And, yeah. uh, well, you know, the options they're supposed to not check. You're supposed to, like, leave that. But yeah. all the other stuff. <laughs> You're busy checking all day long my numbers, my numbers, because I care about it, right? The old fashioned, exactly. right? You think of the right? He's counting his gold right. coins every night. Yeah. So counting over and over again does show a love, a caring love is like the wrong word, but yeah, some of us love money, so we right. count that. Some children love their Legos, they count, count that. Them. So that does make sense, but we asked a different question. A little different. Let's see if we can let's right. see if we can focus in on it. The question is, so God could count. God could just say, All right, I counted them, this is the number. Okay, I count to them, this is the number. But God wants Moses to count them. So let's think about it f- before I get to my answer. Yeah. Does your answer work? Why Moses has to count them?
2: Yeah. Okay. Tell me why. For the same reason, because you know Moses is is was our leader. We got to be important to him too. Oh, uh, very good. To the extent that he's, you he could say. I mean, you could say I care, I care, I care, I care. Obviously, he did care, but it's going through the motions that actually solidified that because here he's sitting while each and every Jewish per- every person's coming to him, you know, with their, here's my name, here's my documentation, this is who I am, next person. And that gives opportunity. No, it's very good. So
1: in other words, you're right, God could have just done it on his own, no problem. God loves us, but God is telling Moses, or any other leader, Forever, says yeah. you must, well, again, you have to know what comes first. If a leader does not love his people, he's not a leader. So that's exactly. irrelevant but I guess we're looking for extra love. So God is saying Moses, I'm gonna give you an opportunity or a way to love everybody. How are you gonna do it? You're gonna count them once, you're gonna, you're gonna, meet gonna them. count them twice, yeah. you're gonna meet them, they're gonna have to come to you, they're gonna have to explain, you're gonna ask them questions, be conversations. Very, very good answer. Thanks. I had a different lesson. Let's hear but it. But your lesson is fantastic. That's why we always ask other people. <laughs> exactly. I-, I tell my class all the time. I'll ask a question who remembers where we had X? And without fail, I have an answer in my head and four good answers will come up, not mine. And I'll say, very good, I wasn't thinking of that, very good answer, I wasn't thinking of that, very good answer. So it's, it's, you gotta love when you get to study, say questions, Torah, and you're talking to two people, there's going to be three answers. And exactly. if you have a group, it's even more. It's fantastic. But there's a, another fascinating lesson, and it could be that lesson can only come if we do the counting. And that is, as you said, everybody has to come in. They have to come in with the documentation. They have to say, this is the tribe I'm from. This is my father and the grandfather and the great-grandfather. And Because the lineage is going through the men. That's right. fine. Um, so what, when they're doing this, so if God would count it, so, okay, God knows how many in each tribe. There's 42,000 in this tribe. Whatever number we pick, irrelevant. Yeah. I mean, you could look it up, but I didn't write down the numbers. Yeah. So, um, but if Moses has to count them, so now each one has to come in. So each one is an individual. In other words, if God tells me the number of everybody in the tribe, I now know a group. And the group is very important, very nice number, very beautiful, but I haven't learned to care about each individual. And as part of counting says, I care about each one of you. Because if I didn't care, it looks like there's 200 people in this crowd, okay, now the next group come into the the padlocked area, next 200. We're going ahead and we're saying that there is value to each individual. And we actually do that in another place where we care about the individual, but we want them to not be alone. And that's actually when we count with the marks shekel, with a half a coin. When they did the census, one of the ways they did the census was everybody brought in a half coin called a half shekel. Nowadays, they can do a different half coin, it doesn't matter, but that was the coin It was called a half shekel. Why not a whole? Like, just give a coin, what's the big deal? So the idea is because if I'm a half coin, then I am I don't want to say I'm nothing by myself, but actually I need, need my friends, yeah. right? So I need to know I'm important as an individual, wow. and I also need to know that alone I can't do it. I wow. got to have somebody else come along for the ride.
2: That's a great, that's also, that's a great, great answer, great explanation.
1: That was the answer I actually gave to my class. I did not uh, say your answer, because I didn't think of your answer. Well, there you go. <laughs> All important. So that's the counting that's going to take place over this week's Torah portion. Now, what's interesting is the Torah portion, this Torah portion, officially the rule is, even though it's not true, um, but the official rule is that this week's Torah portion always comes out before the holiday of Shavuos, which is coming up right afterwards.
2: You've heard this before? I've heard it.
1: Good. The only problem is that in Israel they're a Torah portion ahead of us, right? Right. So that means that, well, yes, definitely this week's Torah portion is before Shavuot. But there's actually another right, one. Right. So I always thought that it had to be that Bamidbar must be before. But obviously in Israel it's not. But it's close enough. Right. Now, generally speaking, the calendar is set up that this week's Torah portion always comes before the parasha, the Torah portion of Shavuot. So the question is, why? So, the simple answer is two weeks ago, really last week, um, we were reading about the curses in Bechukosai. We don't want to connect the curses to the holiday. By the way, the same thing we do on Rosh right. that we don't want uh, Kisavo right next to Rosh Same concept, so we, we can play with the Torah portions, double ones, split them up, make them double, no problem. yeah. Right, no problem. That's the standard simple answer. but. The truth is, the verse, that first verse in Bamidbar, really is, which is for the most part a pretty simple verse, right? God says to Moses in the desert of Sinai, and he was by Mount Sinai, saying, that's what it starts like a whole speech. God usually God said to Moses, saying, here God said to Moses in the desert, desert by this. Mount Sinai. So, what gives with that? If you know, no, clue, don't know, clue, don't no, know. here we go. I'll lead know. you It's a
2: good question. Let's uh, let's Let, get the ball rolling. Let's yeah. take
1: it apart. So the, a similar question is asked. The Jewish people leave Egypt. We're supposed to be on our way to Israel.
2: Right.
1: And it even says God took us the long way. He could have taken us the short way. So my class says to me, well, well we got to go to Mount Sinai to get the Torah. So I said, why can't they get it like in Israel? Like, what's the big deal? Right. And I also think go to Israel, and if it's so important, so leave Israel, go out into the desert. It's not a big deal. Get the
2: Torah, come back, exactly, yeah. If
1: this is the location, what what is the benefit of getting the Torah, what is symbolized, or what is symbolic about getting the Torah in a desert or by this Mount Sinai? That's really the question at hand. Mount Sinai is easier answers, but but I'd rather focus, you can say whichever one you want first, but I want to focus, is there a benefit or is there something symbolic about receiving the Torah In a desert,
2: there's got to be. I mean, obviously there is an answer. Uh, Right off the top of my head, I don't. I don't have such a good answer. I think it might have some correspondence to all the time that you know Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob spent most of their time in, in the deserts. You know they. They
1: were alone. They were Shepherds alone. got were, to hang know, out with God. There's what to be said when there's um, no cell phones ringing right, when you're exactly. trying to commune with God. Yeah, that's exactly. for sure something. So good.
2: there's what to be said for that. Um, obviously, Sinai, why that mountain in particular? They had I don't know, how many reasons are there? Tons and tons and T- tons, tons of, reasons. of reasons.
1: But we're gonna back up on let's, desert first. Let's go back, back to back. We're desert. Back up on so, so you probably heard this, you know. Uh, people go to different schools They want to study in this school, they want to study in that school, they want to study in Israel, they want to study on the East Coast, they want to study here in Detroit. People pick whatever uh, seems to work for them. But imagine if somebody were to say, uh, or would it be a correct statement to say, oh, the only place you could really study Torah is in the city of blank. Have you ever heard somebody say that, by the way? I've heard. You have heard I've people heard say it. it. I've heard, heard it.
2: Yeah,
1: you have heard people say it. But it should be a silly right. state. they give him one of those looks. Like,
2: oh, okay. It's like,
1: you know, <laughs> when I was growing up as a kid, so you go to camp, there's always out of towners come to camp. Right. Out of town, again out from the East Coast, so that you think everybody yeah, who right. doesn't live, you know, in New York. Like right around Manhattan is like an out of towner, <laughs> clueless farmers. And it's like, fun, do you have a farm? Or where's a buggy? <laughs> and here I live in Detroit. Right. So now my kids get it. Yeah. And I tell them to say, I yeah, we it. get off the plane and, and there's a horse and buggy because the roads are really That's all mud. Read, yeah. We say it all the time, right? And we, it takes a couple hours. We get home. We pull up to the farm. We have some cows in the back. And now you're saying this Light to a it, fire. Yeah. And I mean, then now they don't know what to believe. Right. Maybe really is a farmer. like Maybe it's really true. But anyways, so... Um, So you can imagine people thinking, saying that you can only learn Torah in such and such a place, which really becomes a problem, because now I have an excuse. Oh, I don't live where you are. It's too hard for you to learn Torah. How am I going to do it? But the Torah wasn't given in a city. Torah was given in a desert, middle of nowhere, to symbolize, to teach you, to show you there's no excuse where you are. You can learn Torah anywhere i never heard that
2: before. Of course, kid raises his hand
1: and says he can't learn in the bathroom. I said, hello, I mean the area. Obviously, (laughs) there are places where you can't study. I get that. I didn't mean the bathroom. But, yeah, that's what my That's that's great. A good third grader. So that becomes very, very... That's one. That's one beautiful thought. Let's do another one. Uh, When you think of a desert, and a desert is a place that's ownerless. Anybody can walk there. Anybody can trample there. It... It doesn't, you again, it's in real estate. It has no yeah. major value real estate-wise. For the most part, people are not building, unless you live in Dubai, right. people are not building skyscrapers in the yeah. middle of the Sinai Desert Right. because no one lives there. So that teaches an important law, and that'll get us to Mount Sinai. But first, the desert part. See how much time I got left. And that is, uh, we got time, don't worry. They'll okay. give me signals. i will play music. <laughs> we'll know, we'll know, we'll get there. But um, to le- interesting enough to be... Anybody could learn Torah. Nothing to talk about. To be successful, to be superstar, you need help from God. What well, we call that, siyata Deshmaya, help from heaven. To really, right. really be a superstar, God has to help. So who is God going to choose to help? So the Talmud says, uh, this other place it says, God cannot handle being together with a haughty or a balgaiva or a big shot type of person. God doesn't right. like those people. He doesn't hang out with them. He only hangs out with a humble person. So this, the, 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 the symbolism of the desert is, it's ownerless. If you make yourself humble, I don't mean to make yourself a shmata. Right. You, people don't have to step all over you, but I don't have to feel that everything is coming to me. Just because I'm a little smarter, or I'm a little more talented, or a little more wealthy, yeah. it's not coming to you. You, you. God gave it to you, so you can benefit from it, no problem. It, you, you can use all the tools God gave you, I mean that's what they're for. Right? But I don't get to think I'm something special because of it. So if I'm humble, so God says, okay, this guy I can hang out with. Humble. There you go. And then that can lead us into one of the reasons Mount Sinai specifically was chosen as the mountain. Now it's your turn. <laughs>
2: Besides, you need a drink. A bunch it. of different reasons. so how did they have? It was the smallest mountain. It was, it was the only mountain in the area that had flowers on it. They bring, like, I don't know. I don't think those are reasons why. Well,
1: the first reason is good. The second one, reason yeah. we're gonna talk about later. Okay. I have a great story on the okay. second reason. I want but that's for later in the show. End of the show, we're gonna talk about flowers on Mount Sinai. It's a desert. Maybe. There's no flowers. Uh, right. But um other mountains said, I'm a big mountain, that's I'm right. a majestic mountain, I'm a the God's gonna bring his presence down. He should bring his presence down on something mighty, humongous, fantastic. Right? So God says, I'm showing you, it's gotta be with humbleness. Mount Sinai. It's a mountain. That's the thing we gotta we gotta focus right. on. It's a mountain, but it's not haughty. It's it's a low mountain. So again, it it's teaching us that if we want to be successful in study, now by the way, you want to be successful in anything. People like to work and do business deals or or anything or a family with people that are not, as we say, full of themselves. Exactly. Right. So God wants to hang out with me if I'm humble. Uh, my business partner wants to do business with me or. Or whatever case right. we pick, it doesn't matter. Students in class relate to a teacher who could be humble. Even children relate to parents that have the ability to say, I made a yeah, mistake.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't know. I don't you asked me a question, right? Right. I, don't, I, I must know the answer. Yeah. Uh, all no. of a sudden, I'm not a good parent, I can't figure it out.
2: Exactly.
1: And here comes the music. Here so we started talking about Shavuot, talked about Torah. We got to get into the story of Ruth, fantastic story. Uh to my ten rated media. I got my friend Noah here. Hold through the break, we'll be right back.
2: That's a, that's a great, that's a great, I'll, I'll tell, tell you what happened. In, Morty! I got the sauce! We're at C2E2 with the legendary Chris Claremont.
1: Greetings, my fellow geeks. No, my name that's, is Jordan Trevilian and this that's is Get idea. It to the Geeks. We are here with David Yost, the original
0: Blue Power Ranger.
2: Nobody right. promised you when you bought the thing on PS4 that you could play it on Switch. Oh, your, your excuse is garbage. I'm going to pull out my crossbow. All
0: right, sweet chainmail armor. Let's see what you got.
2: Uh, Detroit. It's the home of some of the world's most talented artists. It's where techno and Motown were born. It's a city where you can experience raw, untamed rock and roll. I'm Ben Rose and I'm inviting you to join me weekday afternoons from 4 to 5 for the Motor City Juke Joint. I'll have interviews with musicians, info on what's going on around town, and a playlist curated by me just for you. It's all right here on NewRadioMedia.com.
0: Can that itch be caused by stress? Now we already know that stress can increase your odds of everything from colds to cancer and now there's new research to suggest that stress can also make you itch. You see it seems clear that stress activity is the immune system of mice making them itch and the experts say the same is probably true for humans. The study from the University of Medicine in Berlin and McMaster University in Canada found that stress can exacerbate skin disease by increasing the number of immune cells in the skin and these immune cells are believed responsible for initiating and perpetuating skin diseases that can make you itch. The report in the American Journal of Pathology indicates that doctors were able to prevent stress induced increases in white blood cells in the skin by blocking the function of the proteins that attract these immune cells to the skin in the first place. Now more work is certain to come in this area of research. With another Prescription for Your Health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
1: tree is just a tree then who and what are we i am you and you are me don't you see and we're back with my friend nach tolin talking numbers talking torah talking the holiday of shavuos coming up but we want to talk stories everybody likes stories so what happens is um in the in the tanakh um, there's five what are called megillos or Megillot. They're, they're like small stories. The most famous, of course, the story of Esther is one of those megillos. We, we read that on the Purim holiday. Um, there's one called Echa, written by Jeremiah, which is about the destruction of the temple. We read that on the ninth of Av. Um, there's something called Song of Songs by King Solomon. We read that on Passover. And there's also Ecclesiastes, if I pronounce it right, Kehelas, that we read on Sukkot. And Shavuot we read like the smallest one It's called Ruth it is the story of Ruth it is the story of a convert and this there's there's lots to learn maybe we'll pick up some of the pieces we got to get through the story you know but we'll do the best we could and as I was telling Noah during the break the Torah never shies away from saying when somebody does something wrong do we always understand what they did wrong? Is it? Is it? Uh, do we look at it with a microscope? Yes, the Torah definitely uses a microscope to look at great people to say they did something wrong. But the yeah. purpose is for us to learn from there. So let's get into the story. So um, it is not clear when the story actually takes place. It takes okay. place somewhere between after Joshua conquers the land, the Jewish people have spread out. Uh, before King Saul comes along, so it's in a okay. three hundred and fifty year window. Earlier, later, not clear, not so important. Just to give you a little background <laughs> historically, where it's coming from. So, um, so one of the leaders from the tribe of Judah, his name was Eli Melech, He has a wife, Naomi, probably Naomi, and two sons, Machlon and Kilion. And he's a very wealthy, important person. And it seems there was a hunger going on, and he was wealthy, and when there's a hunger going on, people line up outside the wealthy Come man's on, door again. and says, I, I need help, I'm starving. Yeah. And, and for whatever reason, doesn't say why, um, he did not, I don't want to say didn't enjoy, he did not want to give charity to all these people. So he basically picked up his family, picked up his money, and he packed Oof. out of the land of Israel. Someone who loved the land of Israel—it's a little hard to imagine yeah. packing out. Hey. Um, and that, by the way, is problem number one. Problem right. number one is that's not a good reason to leave the land of Israel. Uh, Anywhere, <laughs> right? And nowadays yeah. could be debatable because right. we're still in exile. That's fine nowadays. But when the Jewish people are living there, and there's and there's the tabernacle or there's the temple, and and God's presence is there, you can't just pick up and leave. Right. Maybe you can't study Torah. and need a certain rabbi. Fine. Uh, you gotta get married. Fine. Fine. You, you can't make a living. Fine. Uh,
2: but this one doesn't count, right? You make too much of a living. That's a, Yeah. Right.
1: To, make, to be doing <laughs> too well because you don't want to help people, that's not good. So he moves into what's called the fields of Moab. Uh, nearby, near the land of Israel. And God is trying to send messages and he uh, starts losing his money and starts selling his fields and becomes poor. And uh, and Eli Melech is not getting the message. Right. As if God is punishing somebody, and everything is going south, you're supposed to either sit down yourself and say, "What's going on? Right? Yeah. What gives?" Right? We call it a chesbon efesh. What's uh, happening? No different than a boss calling in an employee and saying, "Like, uh, why is it not working? What are we doing right. wrong? Right? Your sales are not where they belong. Your whatever I'm expecting from you is not where it's at." So, either we can figure it out, if I'm a nice boss, yeah. like, we know you're a good guy, let's figure out what we need to do, or, uh, or it's not going to work, right. and it's been fun, I'm not going to let you go. Exactly. Or you go to your rabbi and say, Rabbi, this is happening, that's happening, what's going on? Right? What's that? Right. And, uh, but he doesn't do it, he dies. He dies. The children, Machlin and Kilian, don't figure out maybe we should head back, they right. stay, and they get married. They actually marry the two daughters, granddaughters, they're princesses. Right. From the king of, I think his name was Eglon, the king of Moab. So they're not Jewish.
2: Right.
1: And it is debatable if they converted, um, if they didn't convert, if they converted only to get married. Very not clear. Because right. we're, we're gonna re-go through the conversion process as the story moves along. So he marries these two, this Rus and Arpa, and they're married, I believe it says 10 years, and again, God is trying to send messages. I shouldn't say trying. God is sending, He's sending messages. Sending <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God is sending messages. They are not open to hearing messages. They die. So now you have um, these two widows. Right. We have three widows. Yeah. Now you have Nami, who's widowed from her husband. Right. Her kids have died. They have no money. Right. You have this, these two princesses, this Rus and Arpa. And uh, and Nami says, "There's nothing for me here. Let me go home."
2: That's great. Let's back go to home. Israel. Back to Israel.
1: So Rus and Arpa want to come along. So Nami's a smart mother-in-law. Like, what am I going to do with you guys? Right. Like, <laughs> I don't got kids. Right? You're not marrying my kids. I have no more kids. Right. So you're coming back with me to Israel for what? Here princess. We're go back. Home, right, be a princess. King. Princess, the king will marry you off to somebody somebody wealthy, you won't be poor, you, you know, I love you guys, you were great to me, you're the best daughter-in-laws ever, but there's no point you hanging out it's with me. It's not happening, right. So, interesting enough, one of the sisters, Arpa, she cries, she escorts, and there's a lot of reward for that, and she goes home. Right. And interesting enough, she will have a very famous son, you know who her son was? I don't remember who it was. It was a giant of a guy. A I don't remember. name was Goliath. <laughs> he was that okay, giant yes, Goliath. Yes,
2: yes, yes. That
1: uh, King David is going to is gonna battle with. Right. So that's Arba. She's out of the picture. Rus says, I want to come. Sanami so says, come on. What are you coming for? So Rus says, I want to be Jewish. Sanami so says, you want to be Jewish? Why? We have rules and regulations. And she tries to convince Rus not to be a convert, which is the rule by the way right Somebody knocks on the door we don't say Come on in. right now right. the Jewish religion and that's say we're not accepting. We're very accepting. We want to make sure they're for real. But it's got to be for real right you know why it's got it to be for real?
2: Why is that be for real? Because uh, you don't want you don't want to become Jewish, you know convert <laughs> right And then now you know now you throw it all away. Because good, you're saying good, right? Leads to a lot of consequences. In <laughs> you know,
1: other there's no axes,
2: right. is the way I say right. it. Right? In other
1: words, you're you with convert, us right? Or you're not, right? You convert. Now you have all. You have now 613 rules and regulations. Right? You're not Jewish. You have seven rules and regulations. You'll get heaven for that. Right? So you want to be a good person. Be a good person. You want to be Jewish. You just need to know what you're getting into.
2: Exactly.
1: I had a guy we interviewed months ago. He, the conversion process is over two years yeah the courts they oh, yeah. they want to make sure and they put you in neighborhoods what kind of person are you and can you handle it and you practice it because you got to know what you're getting into yeah and you walk in one day and say today I'm converting And tomorrow you say change my mind no changing
2: I, I grew up with this stuff from my father I mean yeah, I, saw, your I, I saw it go every which way you could saw people do it a year and a half you know three days before their conversion date I don't really know if this is for me. Same thing, you know, they, they sit there. It's 613, kids, it's a lot. It is if a lot. you're not ready. I did not know your father did conversions also. I did not, I mean, was at least involved in it. Yeah, he's involved in I don't know if he does them, but he's he's definitely Right, he involved, doesn't do them, right? but he's
1: involved. But... But that's the point, right? And it was three days before you've had a year, two years to right. understand, and no one complains if you back out. There's no, yeah. no one is pressuring. Yeah. That's the last
2: thing. Some we want. of these people, will still come to our house for dinner, or uh, in yeah? touch with my father. Yeah, I mean, they're good people.
1: They're good people. They're good friends. Yeah, one has nothing to do with another.
2: But if it's not for you,
1: it's not for you. Exactly. So, so Nami tries to convince her not to come along, and Ruth says, "I'm coming. Whatever you say, I'm on my way. Fine." So Nummy shows up in town, and there's a fascinating conversation. Like, you have to remember, this was a wealthy family that everybody, you know, went right. to for support. They disappeared for 10 years. The mother comes back without her kids. And her husband. And her yeah. husband. No money. She's coming back with a Moabite, which we're going to talk She's about a princess. in a second. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't care about right. that. They look at this Moabite girl, and they say the word, Is this Nummy? And she says, Call me bitter. What were they trying to say when they say "is this nummy"? You know what they're trying to say?
2: Is this
1: no? So there's one of two possibilities: either can you imagine how the wealthy have right. fallen, right? Like what happened, or huh? You leave us high and dry. This is what happens. Right. You you can't leave you when you could take care of people. You got to take care. You didn't take exactly. care of us. So uh, okay. So they they move in now. We we got to tell you what's happening during the times during the times there was a raging debate going on a fascinating debate the torah says a convert from moab or amon cannot marry into the jewish people right so the question was is that only the men because the torah says the reason is they didn't come out with bread and water to greet you when you were traveling in the desert and they really owed you because the great-great-grandfather lot was saved the man of abraham fine so the debate was what about a lady from Moab or Amon. If she converts, can she marry into the Jewish people? This was a raging debate. So the court, the high court at that time was run by Boaz, and he said yes. But just because he says yes doesn't mean everyone's fully on board, which automatically means you're going to have problems. And so the people are looking at this girl coming in, even though that court says you can marry her. What if they change their mind? What's going to be? This is a very important topic to come. So with my minute left to move <laughs> along in the story, it's like I talk in class. It could take forever to tell a story. It took me three days. But uh, at least I'm getting laughs on the other side of the window. Yeah. Um, so they're poor. So what happens is a fascinating law called Lekka Chikrampeya that poor people have a way to make to get food. Right. And that is when the farmers are harvesting everything up. So um, any one or two stalks that fall each time. Pain. right? They, so the poor person can pick it up. So Ruth is going to go out now during the harvest season to collect all this I mean I don't know how much Again, are getting right. a few stocks here a few stocks here she's going out and she happens to pick the field not that anything happened, Stands obviously right. she happens to pick the field of a relative of her past father-in-law and his name is Boaz and she's going to go to that field and Boaz is going to discover her and that brings us to the next part of the story but of course my music is now playing. playing you're listening to Rabbi Tzvi I'm joined by my friend Noah on Let's Talk Torah and we'll be right back Hey, how are you? I'm Gerald Valley, and I want to invite you to listen, watch, share my new show, The Drop In, on New Radio Media. It is going to cover skate, music, culture, actually, all sports. I have some great guests lined up, and it's to inspire and motivate people to make the most of this life we have. Check out the inspiration, the stoke, and the life of The Drop In with Gerald Valley.
0: the latest LiftMaster garage door openers and the toughest retractable screens on the market. All by the push of a button, Tarno Doors is celebrating its 50th year anniversary and is the recipient of the 2016 Subcontractor of the Year from the Home Builders Association. Tarno
2: knows doors.
0: Tarno knows doors. Surfing the internet can be good for your brain, especially if you're getting up there in years. UCLA scientists say that the internet searching helps to stimulate your brain function by triggering centers in your brain that control decision-making and complex reasoning. In a study to be published in the American Journal of Geriatric Psychiatry, the researchers say that using the internet to seek out new information might stimulate the brain enough to sustain brain health and your cognitive ability. Before the computer age, the one activity that was linked to an active mind was solving crossword puzzles. The fact that even simple tasks like searching the internet might enhance your brain circuitry suggests that our brains are really sensitive to mental exercise and actually continue to learn as we grow older. So using an internet search engine such as Google produces the same brain activities as reading, but it also increases activity in areas of your brain that control decision making and complex reasoning. With another Prescription for Your Health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. If I were a
1: rich man dum All day long day be dee be dee bum if And I we're, a we're back man, after I we're busy talking one. about how people count money at the beginning. Oh. And this is the song they lead me in with. Okay, very good, <laughs> Ethan. Very, very good. So let's get more into our story. Okay, so here we go. So um, so she's collecting and the, the owner of the field, who owns many fields, is Boaz, shows up. Right. And he sees this Ruth, this Rus, Rus and, uh, and he asks his guys, who's the girl? Right, which happens to be a funny question. Perhaps she was very modest. It's an yeah. in- interesting question. Why? He doesn't ask who the other poor people are. Maybe right. he did recognize them. Maybe she did not recognize her. said, oh, this is Rus that came back with Nummy for the fields of love. Oh, oh, he calls her over. Right. And he says, oh, you're we're related. Now, just because he said we're related, he didn't go ahead and just hand her money and go home. That much he didn't do. (laughs) But he said, we're related. Um, So, since we're related, you're coming collecting my field. First of all, I'm going to tell the boys not to bother you. Because poor people are busy collecting everything that falls. Really, only one or two stalks at a time that fall, not if a half a dozen fall. Right. So, and you can imagine, they're like under the feet, they're They're in the way, and they're trying to gather. I'm telling my boys not to touch you, not to bother you. If you're thirsty, come to the tent. We got get water here for you. You want to have a snack over here that the workers get? Get some food. Get some food. Um, okay, so she appreciates it whatever. And and uh, and he tells her, you hang out in my fields. Best place to hang out. Um, later that day, she comes home with an arm full of stalks. And Nami said, where did this all come from? And she said, oh, I, I don't know. I was in this guy, Boaz. I don't yeah. know. Boaz, he's a uh. relative. Yeah, hang out with him. So the next few months, because the harvest season takes a couple months between okay. the wheat and the spelt and the, and the barley, which is earlier. So for the next few months, she goes ahead and she hangs out in those fields. Okay, brings home, store it away, whatever they do with their, with their stuff. And Nami says to Ross, it's time to take care of you. Real, now, there's a concept called yibum. I believe in English, it's leverites, whatever that means. No one knows what it really means. Like this, you really just go back to the old farms, right? Yeah. On the old farm, what happened? So the the oldest son, right, is the one that took over the farm when the father died. So what happened if one of the, if that son died without any children? Right. So it was, it was like it was sort of messing up the hierarchy of who's running the farm. So there was a concept it could be anybody in the family. By the way, there was a right. concept that someone in the family. If he didn't have children should marry the wife Take and, and that her. sort of fills in the slot of this missing relative right. that was the original concept Once the door was given it changed to only brothers so if a brother dies without children another brother has a mitzvah to marry her right that's one way we could do something else If they don't want to get married it's called chalitza. but the overall concept exists even to any family member so Nami says you know you married mahlon had no kids this is like a cousin so really he should, marry, should you. marry you he should marry you so again it's not exact he could say come on this is not the real deal right. but but the request could be made so nami said here's what you're going to do you're going to go tonight when everybody's gone boaz is going to be sleeping in the field because i told my class like the best time to to steal from a farmer is after he's done all the plowing and John. hoeing and seeding and harvesting and winnowing and threshing, when everything's done, now I'll steal. I take the work. Right? Right. So the owners would hang out in the field, very normal. So she said, this ball is gonna be sleeping there. You go to sleep by his feet and uh, he'll tell you what to do. Sure enough, he wakes up. Uh, What's going on here? It's dark? Who is this? Who's here? So Russ says it's me. And you're supposed to marry me. You have to redeem the fields of my father in law, and you're supposed to marry me. <laughs> oh, yeah. And it was with this Yibum concept. Right. So Boaz says, very good. But now, listen to this. it's like fascinating. He says, but I'm not first in line. Right. And I was, the, if, if there is, there's for sure a mitzvah to redeem the fields. Is it really a mitzvah to marry Rus if you're not a brother? Not really. Right. But you're sort of attaching the mitzvah redeeming the fields to marrying Rus is a closer relative, closer relative, so so Boaz says, tomorrow I'm going to go speak to this closer relative, and uh, he has first dibs, if he wants to redeem the fields, he has the right first, if he won't do it, I'm next in line, so the next morning, uh, Boaz goes to the gate to the city, that's where, no, that's where everybody hung out, business, you ran into everybody, that's where the court was, and he calls over, you know what his name was, this other relative? His name is um, John Doe. John Doe. Oh, Plony, Plony Almoni. Almoni. Yep. No name, Plony Mr. Almoni. So-and-so. And uh, you know why we don't know his name? We
2: don't know his name?
1: No, but why not? We know Boaz, whoever wrote the verse, could have written his name. Why don't we know his name? We don't know his name because he chose not, not to, to do, do the, the
2: mitzvah. mitzvah. There we so
1: go. you don't want to do the mitzvah, we have no use for you. We don't want to say your name, right? So Boaz calls him over and he says, okay, we have 10 men here. You know, our, your brother, um, he sold his fields, no one redeemed the fields. There's a concept in Israel that when you sell your fields, not nowadays, but right. in those days, you sell the field. So the closest relative has really, and then it keeps going, it spreads out, yeah. has a, a, a mitzvah to go ahead and redeem the fields. You keep the fields in the family. That's the idea. Right. And the, depending on how many years, but for the most part, the buyer can't argue. Because we're not selling permanent in Israel, anyways, in the Jubilee year it and all it goes, goes back. back, right? So we want the fields to stay with the family. So this Plony Amoni says, hey, "Mitzvah, I'm in." Saboa so says, "Yeah, but the problem is that Nami, you know, put an addendum to the contract, and the addendum is you got to marry Rus." So Plony Amoni says, "Can't do it. Right. No, can't do because." Um, You know, this raging debate. I know, Boaz, your court said that you're allowed to marry a convert lady from Moab. But I'm afraid in 50 years from now, the next court's going to overturn your ruling. Right. And then what? I had all these kids and now what? They're not Jewish. Right. Whatever they are, they can't marry the Jewish people. What do I need it for? You do it if you're so happy about it. Right. So Boaz says, no problem.
2: Let's go.
1: So interesting enough, what you would imagine... Is um, you pull out your calendar and say, "Okay, uh, when's a good time for a wedding?"
2: Yeah, normally. Normally, again, you know, they met in the middle of the night in the in the fields. You know, when they got married, <laughs> the next day, that day, that night, that, that night.
1: night. I guess it was a small wedding, which probably would be cheaper because I'm getting ready yeah. to take a wedding. You know, my sons, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I get my sons engaged. Do it tomorrow night. Get
2: it out of the way. You know,
1: we suggested
2: some of these not ideas. It did not night, go
1: over well. They not thought, tomorrow. yeah, they want, well, not tomorrow. They want a lot of people by the wedding. Okay. And we <laughs> didn't say, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, right? right. you know, who really cares? What right. We're doing the backyard. Did not go over well. Fine. We want to keep everybody happy. So, in any exactly. case, in any case, um, so Boaz marries her that night um you may know this you may not certainly a lead-on question do you know when boaz dies he's like uh, he's like over 100 years old he dies the next morning the next morning next okay morning. So, so they married one night his funeral is the next day wow you can think whatever you wish this is a
2: roller coaster uh, of and emotions. I go there. Yeah.
1: <laughs> now what's fascinating is that king david is the great grandson of rus this whole wild story this not normal way of having lineage that you would think would lead to the great King David comes from this story, right? But it, I mean, obviously, you know, we're all Monday morning quarterbacks, right? We're all very yeah. good at this, right? But um. If you could imagine, if Boaz would have said, you know, next week Tuesday probably works for me, but if not, you know, in a month from now I got a slot on my calendar, he's dead. He's dead. And he lost the opportunity for King David to come from him. Exactly. That is, that, to me, that is like one of the most fascinating lessons of, of don't delay. Yeah. And of course, it's always too late to know what you missed out on when you right. delayed, but, <laughs> but you see what he could have lost out. On. Yeah. Uh, but he does marry her he does have a child and eventually a few generations later le- leads to King David and that by the way Is the end of the story of us? So now that we got to the end of the story a very beautiful story right. right great story. We love stories What does this have to do with the holiday of Shavuos? After I did not let you talk so much
2: because I'm the storyteller. This story is teller. when it happened. This is the time when it happened.
1: First answer is the the story happens during the holiday season, but I'll be honest with you. That's not a good. If answer. that's the only reason, come on, and it got it got to <laughs> be more to more to the more to the reading than that.
2: There's got to be. There's got to be. Um... Just trying to think. I don't. I don't remember from your class when I learned. But uh,
1: there <laughs> but, must be um, something to review. What you learned. I don't know. Twenty. That twenty years ago. I have no idea.
2: Usually, 60, children my class are nine or ten. Like it's, yeah. it's been a There's while. To be a way to review it. Got to um, be. A way. That's why I bring in. Yeah. To make sure that you're reviewing.
1: But um, interesting <laughs> enough, um, one of the answers is just like um, on the Shavuot's holiday, the Jewish people accepted all 613 commands, even though okay. like we got the 10 commandments, but we accepted all 613. So to a convert also accepts right. Right. Okay. all 613. Yeah. That's one connection. Another good connection is, uh, people ask me this all the time, but you gotta think about it. Um, was Abraham Jewish? Right. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, was he Jewish? I mean, he may have, his buddies with God, right. right? maybe he keeps his commands, what made him Jewish? Right. And people tell me all the time, yeah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, they're Jewish. They're I don't know. They're made them Jewish. Right. we made them Jewish. Well, we received the Torah, we became Jewish. We were always the children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob knew what all the commands are. All that's true. But uh, And it's debatable by the okay. tribes. Uh, uh, the 12 tribes had an ongoing argument. If right. they're really Jewish, if they're not Jewish, that's a conversation for another day. We're not doing that now. So, Rus becomes Jewish. Or become Jewish. We became Jewish. So, these are all... Good, wow, okay. fun, interesting
2: Answers.
1: stories. Yeah. So now that I got through the story, we got to talk about the holiday.
2: Let's talk about the. So holiday.
1: Let's, let's talk about the holiday. So you know, you know what's fascinating about this holiday? Um, A lot of things. Yeah. There. Well, yes, we'll get <laughs> there. There is no specific mitzvah attached to the holiday. No matzah. No, no, no palm branch. You know like I'm sitting? Am I better now? I was getting so <laughs> cozy. Ah, they made me move over. And they're laughing at me. Who oh, are I going to take care of that? Later. Um, anyways, no palm branch, no, no matza, okay. no chauffeur blowing, no fasting, no lighting candles. There is no command attached to the holiday. You ever wonder why? Every time. Every time? Every time. And you didn't ask your father for an answer?
2: Not every time. No, because by the time I thought to ask of it... It was the next it was holiday. All right, next holiday. Uh, <laughs> All right, next holiday.
1: So one of the reasons is because that's the whole point. In other words, we it's became the
2: holiday.
1: Right, we became who we became. We don't need a command to help us recognize what this holiday is. This holiday is we became the Jewish people. We accepted God's Torah. We can have holidays. Celebrate. We can right? have holidays. This I did read that's in good. that uh, article. I told you that, that I don't like the newspaper, so we'll leave them nameless because they don't advertise anyways. Great. <laughs> But um but somebody said, you know, the joke always is, right, by the Jews, you know, um, they, they, they wanted to they wanted to kill us. We conquered them, we won, so let's eat. Something right. like that. Yeah, you probably like know the that. phrase better yeah, than I yeah. do. So the eating part is true, but the conquering and winning, that's not this that's holiday. Not right. This holiday is just celebrating that the Jewish people became the Jewish people and we have the opportunity to wow. celebrate and relax and enjoy. But we do eat. Cheesecake. Uh, and with my minute <laughs> left, um, yes, everybody's favorite food, it's on my LinkedIn page, cheesecake. Um, everybody loves cheesecake. So the question is, what does cheesecake, and I don't have the best answer for this, there's a lot of very holy answers, I got but, that. but what does what does the holiday shows have to do with cheesecake or milk products? Let's be a little more fair. Blintzes have milk products mm. and cream cheese and cottage cheese
2: and sour cream. and what. Well, so I don't remember hundred percent how it works, but I'll take one. Before they didn't have uh, pots and pans to use right after they got the, you know, they received the Torah. You got it. Dairy, so dairy, meat. Simplest no idea. answer is Only that
1: that we 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 were learning that there's all kinds of laws slaughtering meat, preparing right. meat. We're not ready.
2: Right. We just so got overlooked. the turtle. We don't know what to do. Yeah. We can't
1: prepare all our meat, but milk products are easy to prepare. Since milk products are easy to prepare, not that cheesecake is easy to prepare, but that we can handle. And our show is flying, flying. I have one quick segment left. Wow. I don't know what we're going to get through, but I do have a story about flowers. We'll so you're listening to Join joined T. Join by Noel and We're going to be right back. And in-
0: Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point.
2: Anyways, check us out here on newradiomedia.com Fridays, Podquesters. See you there. Sometimes we see a guy running down to
0: first base and it's, it Hold turns into straight. a hobble. Get yeah, umped. I mean, that's getting umped. I can't be the same guy. Can't be the same guy. Yeah, what's up? This is your boy Walter
1: Jones, also known as Zach, the original Black Ranger, and you are geeking out with Geek Taming Weekly at New Radio Media. It's not the time.
0: The BG song, "Staying Alive, just might help someone you know stay alive. It's one of those beats you just can't get out of your head once it's there. And it turns out the disco song has 103 beats per minute, which happens to be the perfect number to maintain the rhythm for performing CPR. A study out of Illinois found that doctors and medical students who listened to the song while they were practicing CPR not only performed flawlessly, but they also remembered the technique five weeks later. The T's to CPR are performing the technique aggressively, that is pushing hard enough and pushing on the chest fast enough to force the blood to where it needs to go. So when it comes to proper technique, it turns out that compressing the chest to the beat of staying alive really can help the victim stay alive. With another Prescription for Your Health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman.
1: Like being in your direction Trying to be thankful for my yeah. And we're like back Ethan's it's not your fault I know exactly what happened That clip um, And everybody makes a mistake on that clip I'm so, we're supposed to get rid of it Because that clip The first like five seconds um, Has nothing on it So every time we try it We think it's your fault It's not your fault <laughs> So you can get it off the uh, off this stuff Or get somebody to cut it Anyways, now that we're back and oh, everybody's man. good, so I, we are not joined by Abby Jonas and Goldson <laughs> today, but we still have our regular things to do. So if Kelsey is ready, we can get our poster up there. I have the thumbs up. So, no, you can see right behind us, we have a letter. No, you can't see it. Okay. You won't see it. Now, but everybody else could see it. <laughs> I'm looking uh, at it. Though. Yeah, you're looking at it. Uh, we do a letter of the olive base every week. And this week happens to be the fifth letter, is the letter Hey. Very interesting letter because it's, it's almost, there's nothing to it. In other words, right. the hay sound is just breathing. And it even says God created the world with that letter because right. there's nothing to it. It's all air. So, and I have to have a word every week. So, I figured a good word this week is Har, like Har okay. Sinai, Mount Sinai. So, that's my word this week. My word this week is Har, is mountain, and it leads me, it reminded me. Of a, um, of a story when I was probably in sixth grade, which I know I told over. And Noel says he doesn't remember the story so good, but uh, what should I do? Uh, maybe he was absent that day. Maybe. But <laughs> um, I remember as a, as a kid, they had sometimes these uh, um, Shabbos afternoon learning programs for kids. I, I went once, I was very bored there. Right. So they would ask questions to the group, and they would have prizes, and they would give them to you. And they, It was called, the, this one was the, the Alameinu back covers. There was a, a kid's magazine they handed out in school, and the back cover was always like a cartoon sort of, yeah. uh, different stories with rabbis or good deeds or charity. Um, so this was like the best of their back covers. That was the prize. Mm-hmm. So they asked the following question. How do you know... That Mount Sinai had flowers and grass. It's middle of a desert. But when the Torah was given, there were flowers and grass. And the answer is
2: So you could also win this prize. Okay. But I don't have the prize. <laughs> the answer that you gave yeah. during the break was uh, there was we weren't allowed, God said you can't bring your, your animals up onto the mountain. Very like, good. Why can't you bring your animals up onto the mountain? It must be because there's stuff on the mountain, you know, grass, flowers, it must that they're be. Eat. Very good. See? You were a good student. I yeah. taught it to you once. You remember the answer. It's fantastic. Perfect.
1: So, um, right. In other words, um, the Jewish people are warned we can't go up right. because there's too much holiness there, which, by the way, is a fascinating lesson if you think about it. If there's so much holiness, I want to go. Yeah. Why shouldn't I want to go? So God says, because you're going to go, you're going to die. you got to be ready for it. So you're going to die. So, But I want the holiness. What if I say I'm willing to take the extra holiness even though it's going to kill me? Is there anything wrong with it?
2: Yes. Why? It happened. It's a story that happened. No. You had Aaron's two sons. Right. No, that, I don't think they knew they were going to die. But they, were, they went in to take the holiness before they were ready. Right. but God said it's too much holiness. It's not for you.
1: Yes, but and they, they said, didn't know. And I was, right. What if we would have told them, guys, okay. if you walk in here, you're dropping dead. Would they do it? Right. So what's interesting is in the second temple, there were the first temple had like 18
2: high priests. Right, and the second temple had how many of you them? Know, over 300. Because you know, everyone kept dying. Right. They kept going in. Right, so when do you figure out, like, is it, does it take 50 guys to die going to the Holy of Holies for you to figure out that the next one's dying? Does it take 100 guys? Uh, so 200? It, I guess it doesn't matter. You know, that's, we're all willing to die. That's when, right. When you're faced with that much truth.
1: So, people want it.
2: You're drawn to it.
1: Right. So, that is God's message over here. The message is we're supposed to live to be holy. We're not supposed to die to be holy. Yes, of course, there are situations where a person has to give up his life to to be holy. That's fine. If you have to give up your life, that's not the situation here. Right. The situation is I could stay off the mountain and live and then be able to fulfill God's uh, commandments, or I could climb on the mountain and get killed and die. So, uh, so God is telling Moses. He's saying, "Warn the people. I don't want them to die to do the commands. I want them to live to do, to the, do commands. the commands." So, now in that message, you're saying, "Don't let your animals go up either." Right. The so animals that, could that care less. That's an issue,
2: though. Yeah the animals could care less. I mean, I right, guess so gonna, like, b-
1: Well, you're going to make sure that you build fences. That's right, the bottom okay. line. You have corrals. You're going to keep your animals in the corral. They shouldn't go right, okay. w- wander around. That's your job to take care. Because you would care. think
2: that, you know, if if we're not a lot, then definitely not the animals because, you know, well, we're holier... Wholly- Right, I wonder.
1: That, yeah, but they have no soul. I, I don't know what would
2: But the bottom line is God said
1: they can't go up. Right. Why would they want to go up? Uh, so why would they the food, wander onto right. a rocky mountain? Because there's flowers, there's grass. We actually, you know how we symbolize that on the holiday?
2: Oh, we decorate the, the inside the bay Midrash is right. all decorated. Right, inside the synagogues, inside the, house, the study halls, there's the flowers. flowers
1: everywhere. It's a good excuse. Uh, all wives expect yeah. flowers. It's Flower. good More to know. More flowers, but mothers, so, everyone, right, mothers want flowers. flowers. They all want flowers. Yeah. Um, I will tell you, I don't buy flowers uh Why? Why? Okay. Why? I pay for them. Okay. But I don't buy them. Okay. And the reason is because I used to, you know, get a dozen roses, eighteen roses, uh, and then my wife says, eh, you know, I don't want roses. I want this flower. Uh So I go buy a bouquet. <laughs> it's your month. You know, you know, the other I don't think you know how to pick flowers. Right. I tell you what, I'm <laughs> gonna go buy my flowers and you can say you gave them to me. I said, It's the best of both Perfect. worlds. <laughs> you are happy, you got exactly the flowers. And it it changes over time. Right. Like she was into daylilies Last couple of times, no daylilies. I said, what happened to the daylilies? She said, no, 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 no I, I changed my mind. <laughs> I got bored of them. So she's happy, I'm happy, but flowers is something that people like to give. It reminds of what happened by Mount Sinai. Oh. And uh, of course, I don't remember when we end, but I think I have about 15 seconds left. Here we go. So, therefore, we're going to wrap it up. Thank you to our wonderful sponsor listeners. You know, I couldn't do it without you. Thank you to my wonderful production team. Bunch of new people here today Ethan, Kelsey, Stephen, Cole. I hope I've left you some food for thought. Until next week, I am Rabbi Tweet Jacobson. You've been listening to Blessed on Radio Media. And until next week, don't forget to think about it.